Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jordan Talks Titans, the Fun Time Calls exclusive series where we recap all of Titans Season 3, just like we did Season 2 and Season 1. Yeah, no one asked for this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but this week's episode of, of Talking Titans or whatever the fuck we're calling this shit... Um, Anyway, so this is uh, Jordan Talks Titans. We're talking Titans, and this episode is actually kind of going to be one of the weird ones. Um, so uh, last week, we did the Blackfire episode, and I was tired and cranky and did not have a good time watching that. I think that was an ensemble with the A plot and the B plot, and it made no sense, and you had everything from, like, Superboy being stuck, and all of this little things didn't really come together to make it gel at all in a way that made me irritated to watch Titans. This week's episode is basically the opposite of Titans in almost every conceivable way, because this is not an ensemble episode. Most episodes of Titans, hell, most episode, like most issues of the Titans comic books, it's an ensemble. You have your Beast Boy, you have your Raven, you have Robin, maybe you have Aqualad here and there, and it's all they all gel together. And it's like, who's the character is going to be used in this one arc or this one story? This whole episode is devoted to Jason Todd. This whole episode is basically an origin story for Red Hood. And uh, speaking as a fan of Bat Family shit, and which is pretty much what this whole season is about, is just Bat Family. Look, there's a Tim Drake. Look, there's Jason Todd. Look, there's Dick Grayson. Look, Bruce Wayne. Uh, there, there's all these winks and nods to make me happy to watch. But a lot of the time, it just feels like they should have just taken out all of the Dick Grayson characters and made this its own standalone show and have the Titans characters have their own spin-off series because when it comes to Titans, this isn't really the Teen Titans books. This is just the Bat Family and sometimes the Teen Titans. Uh, and that includes right now when it comes to Red Hood. Now, I love Jason Todd. Jason Todd the Red Hood is a really great character because, uh, I mean, we're going to probably go through all of this. Now, my favorite superhero is Nightwing. I've always said Nightwing's my favorite. Dick Grayson's my favorite everything from what I like, and we talked about the Batman animated series and all this, Jason Todd is a really great secondary character. I could say he's also my favorite here for X, Y, and Z reasons. The reason Jason Todd's character works is that he is also, much like Nightwing, trying to be a better Batman. But while Nightwing's notice are still similar to Batman, don't kill, flippy-do shit, discrimistics, his is just blunt force, get the gun, shoot them dead, move on. Uh... One focuses on using fear as the resource to scare him. Nightwing sort of does fear, but I think he's more of the... If you just be honest with them and tell them what they want, they'll do anything you say. And it becomes this great clash of different methods to try and do what's right. And obviously, as we eventually venture off, Tim Drake will be a Robin. I don't know if in this season or next season. And we're trying to get him to be the best Robin because in the lore of Yo fandom, Dick Grayson is the good, Jason Todd is like the evil, and there's all that weird like shipping of the two, which is all the fan service you get. And uh, then you have Tim Drake, the perfect Robin, and we move on from there. 
Uh, this is just a Red Hood story. This is just Jason Tunn is the main focal character, and this is almost like an all-episode devoted to Jason Tunn and Red Hood. Some of the characters that we see in this episode are actually either characters we barely glanced at, such as Bruce Wayne uh, or even Jonathan Crane, and others are newly introduced, such as Leslie Tompkins, uh, which also makes this a very interesting uh, show because now when there's focusing on the Gotham City lore, we get introduced back to Molly, who we vaguely remember back in earlier episodes. But you're not really seeing that because that was more of like a Raven thing. It was the ba 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 ba. I. But it's mostly a story about Jason Todd and some secondary characters, and I think this episode did the character of Red Hood justice. I think this was a really good episode if you are a huge fan of Red Hood. Uh. Yes, there are some things that aren't necessarily the same as the Jason Todd origin story with Ra's al Ghul putting him in the pit and then bring him back to death. And then Jason Todd wakens from the day in a, in a weird like shock and then breaks into a bakery and eats bread or anything. It's, it's not going to be that origin story, which I know would piss off a lot of people, but much like Nightwing's origin story with Dick Grayson, not necessarily the same either, but similar in terms of how they got to that one point. I don't. Nightwing breaks out of prison. Uh, I guess for Jason Todd, he breaks out of a similar prison, Arkham. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's 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 a real interesting uh, story, and uh, it also makes me want to point this out too, which is a real fun anecdote. I said this in season one, and I told this in a few episodes. Uh, Kern Walters. The actor who plays Jason Todd, uh, he's from the area. I've seen him all the time. Uh, he goes to my local comic book shop, Arsenal Comics and Games of Newberry Park. Uh, I and uh, for and even, no, I missed him all those times he goes in there. When he got booked to be Jason Todd, he went to my comic book shop, got a whole lot of Red Hood comics, read and studied the character, and uh while there is different tones of what the directors want in these things and the writing is sometimes not necessarily the best i would say curran is a really good young actor in the way that he perfected that uh pushy impulsive jason todd character he's definitely the issue with J with jason in the world of gotham in titans is they really, I don't know if Kern just does a lot of theater acts. He probably does a lot of uh, on-stage performances. But a lot of his, uh, I'm from the streets, kid, boy, kind of act is in this. And when you see that personified in this episode, it's uh, it's clearly like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a West Side Story or a Tale of Two, like, like the, 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 the gangsters in the alley kind of voice. And I know Jay, he's not trying to do that, Kern, but it really is sort of there in the story, and it's kind of like, huh? That's that's not what I think Jason Todd should sound like, but okay. And I mean, that's your interpretation. Go for it. Because it's weird hearing him go from like, yeah, Batman's cool. You kick people's asses. It's fucking awesome. You get all the ladies. People love you. To like, hey, how's it going? It's, uh, wow, we're in Gotham City in this hour. Wow, you won't believe this, Bruce. I, I don't know what you want to say, Bruce. In a way that's kind of, like, not redeeming. When I first 
saw Jason, he was in this, like, all cops are bastards mode uh, before a lot of this shit happened in the world of policing. Uh, and in this episode, he's still, uh, he, that sort of uh, boo cops thing disappeared. Maybe because uh, we need to push that to Molly. Uh, Molly's character of don't be a cop, don't narc on your friends and all that. Uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> Molly, uh, Molly's character I want to see more of because Molly's also a character that we seem to love. Because there's the, this... Uh, the problem is I, I fear Molly's going to end up being a refrigerator character. The... We put her into like a position where she's dead or or about to get killed or killed off to bring Jason Todd to his bitter end. Because like most characters that are the secondary, thirdary girlfriend, quote unquote, characters, uh, they only serve to push the story along, but they're never the focus. It's like, oh, they're doing the right thing. They're organizing and doing the crime. That's great. They're helping out the community. This is the kind of heroes we really should care about. Anyway, they're dead. Because that's usually what happens with these stories, and it just always annoys me with comic books. <clears throat> but they do not do that with this story. This is strictly a Jason Todd becoming Red Hood origin story. It did tie up a lot of loose ends from episode one. However, what makes it so weird, before we advance into the story, before we go into our favorite part, the recap, uh, <clears throat> Jason Todd in this episode shows empathy and emotion and clearly has a passion for what he wants to do, which is he thinks he's doing the right thing. He has a focus to be a hero, and people are standing in his way, namely Batman Bruce Wayne. Uh, so the, a lot of the tragedy parts of his character are shown up front in this. But his methods, while they're gross, and obviously it's supposed to be implied horrible because it's guns, it's violence, it's death... It gets the job done, which is kind of the whole motive of Red Hood. He's bringing the fear. He's killing people. It doesn't matter. I'm getting the thing done. Batman wouldn't do that. And that becomes the story. But he's doing it for the right reasons. He's trying to stop a, a pedophile ring in Gotham City. I think it's a pedophile ring. I'm not quite sure. It's just a kidnap of foster kids and there's nothing about them. I don't know if it's just labor or sexual, but it sounds like it's sexual based on the methods of what some of the people talking are, are doing. Uh, so it, it's clearly he's going to try and stop pedophilia rings and try and do stuff for orphans because he's because he's an orphan himself, Jason Todd. Uh, so he's his heart is in the right place. It's just wrong methods. And we're supposed to sympathize with Jason Todd in this episode. And I understand that. But now you have to put into perspective here. This is the weird shitty thing. If he's doing all these things for all the right reasons. Like he's a good cookie. Even though he's just an asshole who shoots people. And wants to be in fights with people. Why would he put a bomb in Hawk and have him blow up? That, that just never made sense to me. Because we're supposed to sympathize. Oh, well, he's a good guy in this episode. He also is a terrorist that blew up Hawk in Wayne Manor uh, and destroyed the Titans. Now, honestly, that's probably the end goal was if you divide and conquer the Titans, then it works because you're trying to bring fear in and that's what your main motive is. But you're doing it at the expense of Hawk 
which uh, makes you a bad guy, which is obviously what the whole message is. You're the heel. You're the bad guy. We're not supposed to cheer for Jason because he's killing off Hawk. And obviously, Dove is upset. That upset Starfire. That upsets Dick Grayson, Superboy, everybody. Uh, and my guess is the reason is because Titans is a is part of Nightwing, which is part of Dick Grayson, which is part of Batman. And Red Hood's whole story is to push everything Batman's taught him aside because his method's better. That's been his motive. And he sees the Titans as a failure. And he sees him in the Titans as, you didn't care for me. You never did. Fuck you. And this is a retaliation. Uh, so anyway... Uh, it's it's such a weird episode because he's a bad guy in most of the season, but in this one, he plays that anti-hero that you want to root for. He's the anti-hero in this, which is what Red Hood really is. He's an anti-hero. You're not supposed to really like him in the role of Gotham, but he gets the job done, and his dynamics compared to Nightwing when done correctly make great bouncing off debates, which is what people love about the Bat family and in their weird head cannons about Jason and Dick Grayson. Uh, and then, of course, Tim Drake, uh, when that eventually shows up. Maybe Damian Wayne in the process as well. Um, but we're just going to be focusing in, in terms of Titans and in terms of the main characters, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, maybe Barbara Gordon, and Tim Drake, because those are the primary four. I kind of associate that with the Gotham Knights, uh, and that game just got delayed, and fuck. <laughs> I was so looking forward to playing that this year, but that's, oh well. Um, but that, but it's okay. Uh, so those are going to be our four characters that we'll be focusing a lot in this, and this episode is focused on the Red Hood. This is a Red Hood story, and honestly, I love this episode. I think when it comes to Titans, there's too many characters. I get a headache. I can't formulate good senses. And this is just simply a Jason Todd singular episode, a plot, nothing else. I was able to take a big relax, deep breath, enjoy the ride that we're t being on with this journey. And I ultimately enjoyed it. I will actually say, much like Hawk and Dove in season one, this is another great episode to just watch on its own. Because it has that. Because even if you'd never watch any other episode of Titans, you can watch this episode and be just fine. You will know every character. You'll understand the plot. It's a great jumping-off point to understand a new character. This is really, and I know I said that last week's episode sucked ass. This is probably the best episode of Titans. This is this is the Titans episode to show people who don't like Titans. Because uh, it's it's more of a Red Hood comic book than it is the Titan show. Uh, so if you're a fan of Red Hood and Titans, this is it for you. This is good. I'm telling you it's good. I've went through hell watching every episode of Titans. Is the acting hammy? Sometimes, yes. Uh, but when it comes down to it, this is the episode I would... Of I will rewatch this episode when this episode, like when I'm done uploading this, because this had a lot of emotional beats. It had a lot of breakdowns, character stories, betrayal. It, it had everything. And I think this is something that 
other Titans episodes where it's just, here's Beast Boy being a comic foil. Oh, boo jump scare. Um, oh, here's Dick Grayson. I fucking hate the... Well, that's it. I'm leaving the Titans. Okay, we need the Titans. Let's get back together. It, it's all... It's all a mess. It's a very hot mess show. Um, because I don't think one ear is hearing the other and it always translates improperly. This episode just... It's perfect because you don't have to watch anything else about the Titans to understand it. <laughs> and it's a great origin story for Red Hood, which is a primary character in the Bat Family and Gotham and DC Comics in general. Uh, and this could easily be a launching off point to Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, if they ever decide to do an origin story for Roy Harper uh, and Starfire again. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, I know I wasted your time. <clears throat> Let's go through this uh, with a recap. Uh, so we were on Titans, Season 3, Episode 5, Lazarus. Lazarus, like the Lazarus Piff, you know, the whole story of origin stories. of Bella. Do I have to actually explain the history of Lazarus? Not the Lazarus Pit, just like... Here we go. Uh, Lazarus of Bethany is where we get Lazarus Pits from. Uh, St. Lazarus is uh, in, in Orthodox churches, the, the Four Days Dead. Uh, it's a sign of Jesus in the Gospel of John, according to Wikipedia, uh, because uh, Jesus, you know, he dies on the cross, he stores at Easter, he's back, he's resurrected, hooray, and that's considered a, a Lazarus. Um, so helped by God is usually the name, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so typically in popular culture, Lazarus is used uh, to mean a resurrection of life, which is why we have a Lazarus pit. Uh, in terms of things, and also in science, the Lazarus taxon is organisms that reappear in fossil records after a period of apparent extinction. Uh, so there's all sorts of things where Lazarus is used. For the primary part of this episode, and in DC Comics in general, it's a pit that basically retcons anyone who dies because they can just go into a pit, and then, lol, they're still alive. Um... In Batman Lord, the Lazarus Pit is something by Rosh Agul. You can say Roz, you can say Rosh. I usually go with Rosh. Um, Rosh Agul, uh, where it's from the, uh, where it's basically his pit where that's why he never dies. He's always living and lived over countless years of wars and strength because he's like just babes in this goop, this weird hot tub thing. And uh, basically, whoever falls in that, they get resurrected back to life. In uh, in Batman lore, Jason Todd goes into the Lazarus Pit. He freaks out and becomes Red Hood uh, in a similar origin story that they try to replicate with the Joker, because Red Hood is Joker's first thing. And in, in this world, it's the fall in the acid bath. Ah, well, in this one, it's goop, uh, but different reason. All right. <clears throat> so uh, let me read off this uh this episode's description <clears throat> in the aftermath of his fight with nightwing anti-heroes red hood and jonathan crane re-team for the first phase of their fearsome plan then through a series of flashbacks red hood's origins are revealed that is lying that is not it that is not the episode there is no we even touch base with nightwing there is no there is no face of Dick Grayson other than a flashback scene in this. There is no line spoken by Curran uh, explaining uh, Dick Grayson with Brenton Twaits going, I'm Wampus. I'm Nightwing, mate. Uh, none of that. 
Because remember, season one, he didn't have that. He, I don't know what Dick Grayson's accent was. Season three, he perfected it. He is now a, just an American accent. Just a basic American accent. All right. <clears throat> Put Jonathan Crane anti-hero in this. Fucking right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, so previously on Titans, uh, Jason Todd fell from a skyscraper because Deathstroke, oh, my boy, I'm going to follow you. Uh, Jason keeps getting nightmares about falling from that skyscraper. Uh, Jason almost falls from the Titans Tower. I'm going to kill myself. Uh, Hey, Jonathan Crane, I'm saving you. Uh, Crane's getting taken by Dick Grayson. There's a sniper on the roof. Uh, We got to kill Red Hood. We have eyes on Red Hood. Get him. Ah, it's Nightwing. Ow, my arm. I got to get him. Where is Jonathan Crane? Oh, he's out of my spooky cabin. That was the episode. We remember the cabin? We had to do that. The breadcrumbs. The breadcrumb episode that really didn't matter. It was just Blackfire out of the cell and Jonathan Crane out of the cell. That was last week, that boring, shitty episode. Okay, so here's the cold open. <clears throat> We're back in the woods. Red Hood took off his helmet to show Curran Walter's jawline. I mean, sorry, Jason Todd. Uh, Buck up, Snowflake, says that shitty actor playing Scarecrow. We eluded our overdues. Now it's time to boogie. Then he smokes the weed! He forgets who Hawk was. Is he a friend? I don't know. All the birds out alike. Jason's pissed because Dick knows they are working together. They explain the plan is to make everyone in Gotham have fear and terror so when nobody else is around, Red Hood can be that solution. Uh, or I guess and Jonathan Crane. Both. Scarecrow gives Jason his happy juice, which is that piss orange drug he made. So then he can have that werewolf eyes in the woods, and then he's very angry. Fuck you. Uh, cut to... <laughs> it's still the crappiest theme song. Three months ago... <clears throat> That's a sign. It says three months ago. Jason is running in Main Wayne or like it's a shitty haunted house. Oh my god! Oh Jesus Christ. The lights are flickering and he's in a panic mode. Oh my god! Oh, the voices are going, Jason! 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 It's like heavy rain. Then there's gun clocks and then phew, shoots Jason and he's on the floor. Suddenly he wakes up, and it's Donna Troy. Remember her? Donna Troy? The one who died in season two, the end? Donna Troy? Don't go. You still have time, Jason. Then he wakes up again, and Bruce Wayne sits next to him. You're home. Now, this time, I will say this. Bruce Wayne, uh, I guess the, the actor, yes, it's another British guy doing an American accent. He went from doing that... It's a way, Bruce Wayne accent that I hated from a few episodes uh, in, like, that broken accent from scenes to scene to I think what he just did was he just binged Batman the Animated Series because the Batman that he sounds like as Bruce Wayne – because you never see Batman in this, but the Bruce Wayne that is in this episode uh, sounds an awful lot, like, just an awful lot like Kevin Conroy. Like, he just tried to do a Kevin Conroy Batman voice. So, for all the rest of, I guess, this episode, 
And when I'm going to speak as Batman and Bruce Wayne, I'm going to try and do the Kevin Conroy voice because he's trying to do Kevin Conroy. It's me, Jason. It's me, Batman. I'm Bruce Wayne, my boy. <clears throat> That's me. I'm Batman. It, and you know what? It was actually not that bad of an impression. Okay, so uh, you're home. <clears throat> I gotta meet someone in the city, says Jason. You've been having those dreams for weeks. You sure you're okay? You shouldn't ask if people are okay. You're really bad at it. Then Bruce walks for a bit, laughs, and then says, Well, maybe you should check out Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, that's right, folks. Leslie Tompkins is finally here. Uh, but she's a psychologist. That's right. In in Batman lore, Dr. Leslie Tompkins is actually a doctor, like a medical doctor. Uh, because, as everyone knows, you have to fill in the gaps of everything in the world of Batman, such as what happens when Batman gets hurt and gets shot or breaks a leg or all this. And typically, the two answers are Alfred is a medic and can fix it, or he goes to Leslie Tompkins and Leslie Tompkins has like a little office that's right near Gotham hospital. And she just has a speed through and is like, Hey, how's it going? It's me. I'm Leslie Tompkins. Let me help you out. And all the lore, it goes from like, she was a young kid, like just learning Gotham university, got a grant from Tom. Like there's a whole big origin story to Leslie Tompkins, uh, in getting medical degrees. And that's why she feels indebted to Bruce because you paid off my student loans and also hey you're you're cool i like when you punch the guy all right <clears throat> so uh now she's a psychologist so she's just a therapist now uh move away the medical license she's now a therapist we could have gotten harleen quinzel in here but i think she's busy on an animated show uh where they won't let batman eat pussy Catwoman's pussy. Yeah? That is... Oh. No. I, I saved that joke for 15 fucking weeks to say it now. It just didn't... Just... Okay, so she's a therapist. Leslie Tompkins is a therapist. We introduced to a new character. Anyway, Jason refuses to go see a therapist. He's seen enough shrinks. Batman says, no more Robin until you see her. Like, like a dad taking away a Nintendo if someone's grades aren't doing well. Bruce says, unless she gives the A-OK, -okay, he's shut down for now. Cut to a great song, Deliverance by the Mission. We're in the big city, a place called Tito's Places. As he goes to talk to Molly, you know, Molly. Molly, her, his friend Molly? Anyway, she's noticing many of the orphans have gone missing and was creating flyers. Those, have you seen me? Exposition time. The rumor is Joker has been kidnapping orphans and using them for his own advantage. One of them is a person named Diego. And because Diego is poor and brown, the cops don't give a shit. Jason says... Batman will protect them. Molly claims Batman only protects rich people. Careful, Jay. Living in that fake house got you slipping. Should have stayed in San Francisco. Fuck San Francisco. Gotham's where I need to be. Jason wants to know where the location is. Molly wonders if Jason is a cop now. Good question. I think so. Jason wants to see if he's there. 
oh yeah, you know, like, yeah, Joker just happens to be there. Hey, go, oh, you caught me. whoop ho ho Anyway, the idea is to take photos, send it to the cops, and see if it's worth trying. You know, we gotta investigate. Maybe something will happen out of this. Anyway, cut to... They're walking down a street. Jason wants to know if Molly is dating Sheila still. And she makes a quip about how Sheila was the wrong choice, and it might make her date boys again. <laughs> oh, God. Don't you love bisexual relationships? Uh, or maybe the lesbian turns into a guy. Or maybe it's just a way for, you know, Jason to end up having a romance option that's not Rose. And they're going with the bisexual woman. I think she's bisexual. It's kind of implied. I thought she was a lesbian. But I'm not sure. Okay. I thought that was the idea. Was uh, Molly was like openly gay, and the parents dropped her out, and she lived at the shelter. Okay. Well. Uh, anyway, he gets a photo, and then oopsie, Wayne Tech shows the details of the guy. He was escape blackgate guy. I think it's Hawkins. Hawkins might be his name. We'll just say Hawkins. Uh, so his Hawkins from Blackgate. Jason then goes over there and wants to start conversation. Molly is confused. You know, I thought you're just gonna take photos and leave. And he's getting pushy. Anyway, this guy has a mustache and is making a pass on an underage girl. Uh. Maybe it's Matt Gates's friend. I don't know. Uh, Jason quips, a little too young for you. And that annoys him. I'm fuck. She's off. We hate clowns. They press him about where Diego Martinez is. Guy pulls a gun on Jason. Jason's PTSD returns with Deathstroke and flashbacks of him falling off the tower. Uh, scary. <laughs> Remember, Superboy saved him, so I guess we're all just going to ignore Superboy and all this. Jason gets pistol whipped. You shut your mouth, bitch. Uh, he gets the his ass kicked, uh, the crap beat out of him. He keeps getting kicked over and over and over and over and over and over and over. He starts bleeding out of his eye. Stop it! Well, just for you, cutie. <laughs> kick and kick in. I'll see you around. So I'm just confused by this one scene because didn't Batman teach Jason combat? Like, isn't that like a whole thing in Batman? Like, Bruce Wayne's like beats the shit out of his kids to try to teach him martial arts. And then what can I do to help? Get the fuck away from me, okay? Get the fuck away from me! Because he didn't look like a big shot being the shit out of the guy. He got his ass kicked. So get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. Jason is defeated. He he then he lost to the bully on the playground. Cut to Leslie Tompkins' office. It smells like fucking French fries in here. Wednesday's my cheat day. Leslie tells him to have a seat. You want the emotional shit and then I can leave, right? I'm a big fan of that emotional shit. My mother was a smack addict, and it killed her. My father was murdered by Two-Face at three years of foster care bullshit, and I'm probably fucked up, okay? He then says he wants the pill. Leslie's confused. What do you mean by the pill? 
This is a smart old conversation about pharmaceuticals in the world of mental health issues. Jason opens up about it. It happened to him when he was bouncing in state. Ritalin, Adderall, Dexedrine. He admits he never took those pills because the families uh, took the script before it ever got to him. Scripts mean the prescription. So either that implies they took the prescription and took the drugs themselves, or they took the prescription and didn't bother uh, going to the uh, CVS pharmacy to have it filled out because we don't believe in drugs for our boy. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> he then points to a photo of uh, Jonathan Crane and talks to Leslie that she knew Scarecrow. You knew Scarecrow? Uh, I that wasn't it wasn't Scarecrow and I knew him. Uh, backstory about how he loves fear. He's super smart and tried to kill her with the poison fear gas. Uh, because she found out about his experiments and blamed her for betraying him. What's it like? It's as close to hell as you can get when you're alive. If ba- if Bruce hadn't saved me, I still have nightmares about it. If you're that fucked up, how are you a therapist? Because I'm honest. That's how this process works. What's your biggest fear? Jason then lies and does the smart-assy talking to you for the rest of my life angsty shit. Leslie says, see you tomorrow. If you come back, there might be a story about Superman. Cut to the Batcave. Jason unlocks a safe. It's full of villain Easter eggs. A carved-up coin from Two-Face, Joker cards, a black mask. Maybe it's a ventriloquist. It's a creepy rubber mask with a cigar in his mouth. There's a sword with kanji on it. Maybe that's a Rasha Ghoul reference or maybe Katana. Uh, and Catwoman's glasses and whip. Uh, he sees Scarecrow's mask in a container of green gas. Brewston says, how was Leslie? You shouldn't creep up on people, says Jason Todd. It comes in handy with the job. <laughs> Bruce notices the Scarecrow keepsakes and deduces she talked about Scarecrow. What goes on in your sessions is between you and her. Meaning Bruce actually gives a fuck about privacy? That's weird. But okay. You snipping on me? No, actually, it's between you and her. I don't care. Anyway, he tells a story about how people underestimated fear. So did Leslie. Until that scarecrow encounter. He then says she's kind of hot. Did you ever? Well, I've got a conference call with Metropolis tonight. Lufer is up to something. Before he leaves, he notices the big gash in the eye, and Gotham City's own Columbo has just one more question. What's with the gash? I fell off the bike. And then he says how the suit is locked up. Bruce says, I'm proud of you, son, for going to therapy. Maybe, you know, Bruce saying that, you know, I'm proud of you, son. Just one day I want to hear that, you know, just in real life. You know, not this podcast. Maybe not for my own father. He's kind of a prick. Uh, but, you know, just just in general. Just that, you know, you just want that validation in life. I, I can understand that moment. Jason tears up. And when he hears son, Bruceton smiles. And in a sense of humor, which is weird for Bruce Wayne, says the Ducati is fueled up. If the new girl loves cats, run. <laughs> I think he knows what happened with Molly. 
but isn't saying anything in this, but it's implied. <clears throat> anyway, cut to the Leslie in the office with some word association. Mother fucker! <laughs> this is edgelord shit. Uh, anyway, mother fucker, and then mother gone father Bruce, which says a lot. Jason thinks Bruce as a father. San Francisco? Rose? Implying Rose with the season two story. Rose and Deathstroke. Friend? Molly, meaning the closest friend he has is Molly in this. Robin? Freedom, which is kind of what Jason sees that Robin suit as. It's freedom to beat the shit out of people without consequence. Uh, freedom to live the life he always wanted to live. Leslie then asked about if he was afraid when that man pulled a gun at him in the alley on, in San Fran. Robin's not supposed to be afraid. Bruce puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, and Jason then opens up. He can't help but fuck up. But if Bruce thinks he's scared, he'll, he'll, he'll. And then he pauses. I can't be like this. I'm tired of being afraid. The nightmares, the handshakes. Once he loses faith in somebody, he takes it all away. Leslie then notices Scribbles and asks this really thought-provoking question, which I never thought would ever happen in anything Batman-related. <clears throat> Say he takes away you being Robin, and it's just you get to be you, Jason Todd. Jason Todd lived in the streets, and he ate out of dumpsters. He's scared about losing Robin. Does Molly know he's Robin? Do you know you're Robin? Uh, no. But she knows Jason? Yes. That's because Jason is a real person. I mean, it's a fictional character, but real person. And Robin is a construct made by a crime-fighting vigilante who has a borderline personality disorder. Robin is the living embodiment of that one man's projection. And that's what you're afraid of not being? A ghost? Now, then what are you afraid of? Not being Robin? Or not being yourself? And I know you wouldn't believe this, but you'll survive just fine without a costume. Leslie then says he'll tell Bruce whatever Jason wants. Jason says, you had to sign off on me going back, but Bruce is not my patient. You are. What do you want? To feel better. Then let's keep talking. If after this, you still want to be Robin, great. If not, great also. Work for you? Next week, same time? Then this real thought-provoking sentence, um, which I actually thought was actually should be like the quote of the episode. And also, like, one of those good inspirational quotes that I think could, you can actually carry over. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're broken. I want you to hear somebody say that and mean it. And then they move. <clears throat> As Jason walks away, Bruce picks him up from Leslie's office like a proud father. 
They go to a theater parking spot. He's texting Molly. I'm sorry I fucked up. Sorry. Would like to apologize in person. Brewston goes, put the phone away, please. A heart emote is sent. Anyway, Bruce uh, walks out of the car. Same with Jason. They're in Crime Alley next to the theater where his parents got shot. Did you know Bruce Wayne's parents got shot and that's why he got depressed and became Batman? You can find all about this in the hot movie Joker. He talks about how his whole life changed that night and everything he knew. Everything I've done is to help you, son. What I brought into you, Robin, is tearing you apart. It isn't fear of me to push you. You didn't push me. I needed this. This city does things to us. It can take the worst parts about ourselves and put them in control. Sometimes I think it's alive, like it has a will and wants us to destroy ourselves. I lost so many people to Gotham. I won't lose you. You won't. You can't make that promise, but I can keep it. I don't want you to be Robin. What? What do you mean you want me to be Robin? Cue the same thing as when Dick Grayson couldn't be Robin anymore and had the big tirade and left. Same thing, but now it's a crime alley. <clears throat> Jason's pissed, thinking Leslie ratted him out. Did Leslie tell you? Leslie told you this. It was all Leslie. Bruce tries to say, it's my decision. She didn't tell me anything. It has nothing to do with your psychological condition. Please don't take this away from me. You don't need to wear a costume to be my son. You think I'm weak. You always thought I was weak. You never did this to Dick. It's a different It's a different matter. I learned from my mistakes. Oh, so I'm a mistake? You gave Dick everything, and no matter what he does, you keep giving him more and more. Wasn't the whole act of season one that Dick Grayson got cut off from Bruce Wayne so he had to fend for himself? I I don't They're really retconning a lot of stuff from season one <laughs> in this show. Uh, okay. And, and also, I thought Bruce Wayne just was one of those, eh, give him his time, he'll come back. They always come back. Uh, <sighs> why would you do that to me? What's so bad about me? Bruce, it's not your fault. Please don't give up on me, Bruce. I never will. But I made my choice. Bruce is basically very saddened by this remark. Uh, because he he knows that would upset uh, Jason, wants to cheer him up, um, but it's basically saying like, look, this whole Robin thing is fucking up your head, and I care about you so much, I don't want you to be Robin. Please don't be Robin anymore. I just need you to be my son. Now I want to be Robin. I want to be Robin. That's basically how what happened. <laughs> Even, you're so fucked up that even Bruce Wayne's like, no, don't, no, please stop, don't, no, please, Jesus, I'll give you money, whatever you want, just please don't be Robin. I made my choice. I've got to go to London. Business. Come with me. We can both use time away from Gotham. You were wrong about me. I'll prove it. Wrong. Cut to it's nighttime. Uh, siren noises outside. Leslie's phone is vibrating as she's probably watching videos on a tablet. Just at a little, like, snack section in an apartment. When suddenly, 
<laughs> the phone vibrates. And it's Jason Todd. Hey, word association. Liar. W- where are you? Liar. J- J- Jason? So, basically, Leslie Jones... Not Leslie Jones. Leslie Tompkins. <laughs> is calling Jason Todd a liar. Uh, okay, so he goes to Arkham Asylum and sees Jonathan Crane. Oh, you're so sly and so am I. He finds a bong again. He loves the weed. He just loves the weed. This is like the crappiest, like, his honest, he loves the weed. So it's... 420 friendly himself all right uh jason shows up to talk to jonathan crane who wonders whose little boy is it jason says he's from gotham pd oh well i want credentials i he doesn't provide oh well lion makes you feel icky doesn't it well if you want to talk i need a light for my bong over here i i sorry i don't have it oh and then cut the pod hat act okay i know you're you're scarecrow yeah, yeah, everyone knows that, kid. Uh, I just really love this weed. Also, Gotham PD hires me for assistance. You would know that if you were actually in the Gotham PD, which you are not. So this is all a waste of time. <clears throat> Jason then says, Listen here, you sick fuck. You made a fear gas. That means you can make something get rid of fear. Well, I admire your logic, recto verso. But even if I could... What makes you think I would share it with a C-list imposter? Jason then shows the fear gas capsule because I'm special. Like, like he's Seto Kaiba smirking because he owns a card company and he's going to win this card game tournament he created. Actually, now I think about it. Yu-Gi-Oh! might actually be better than Titans in this regard. Second, though, don't quote me on that because it just, it just has better character development, that's all. It's a collector's item from a very special collector. Crane wants to know how he got it, where he got it. But it's just a ploy because, obviously, he knows Jason's Robin. I'm just surprised you don't have wings. No, that's Hawks from My Hero Academia, and he's the best character, folks. Hawks, best My Hero character. What's our young Robin looking for? I want to reverse engineer your fear gas to make an anecdote to fear. Well, well, that's good, but what's in it for me? Information about the person who put you in here? Ooh, I would want to know everything about Batman. Where he go, everything he does. What's he made out of? What does he like? What does he not like? Where is his whole history about him? Man, that would be so great if I understood everything about him. That would be fantastic because I want to know everything about because this is so good. That would be so great. So that's a great thing. I would want that, but he does... Besides that, I also don't want to get out of Arkham. But I don't want to just get out of Arkham. I want Robin to do it. The same way Batman brought him into Arkham in this. It's a perverse poetry, and it makes my heart sing. I just want the formula. Get a pencil. Cut to a warehouse. He rents the space, hands the owner a few grain and bills, walks away. You hear noises, you mind your own business. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just don't burn it down, all right, Playboy. You get it? You get it? Don't burn it all down, Playboy, because uh, he burns the place. The The place catches fire, episode two. Remember? They're, they're chasing. Dick Grayson finds the warehouse in, in the Wayne Manor, 
when he's trying to chase Jason and he sees that there and it leads him down the path because he wanted to know what was with the drugs. Uh, this is funny because, uh, you know, he burns the place. Anyway, I think it's time for another montage moment because now that he has a laboratory. We need to reverse engineer this fear gas. So here comes Bad Life by Public Image Eld Limited. <laughs> Public Image Limited. So Jason looks at a tablet, sees the formula scribbled down, tries to recalculate it. There's a lot of mixing of chemicals and beakers and laboratory scenes. He spills blue stuff into bling stuff. He puts yellow stuff into white stuff. Red dye into clear dye to make it look pink. Things end up uh, spilling Bunsen burners. Things start pushing into tubes. Uh, he then starts inhaling some bad purple chemicals. <coughs> and spits it out. It's not a perfect fit, so he tries it again. It's now purple. Purpley stuff goes into blue stuff. Blue stuff goes into green stuff. Uh, green stuff gets touched with some baking soda and then it turns into fizzy stuff and then suddenly he gets another attempt oh it doesn't work he doesn't work out so he tries again it's all trial and error this time he looks at the tablet he reverses it he looks at some certain thing notices something's different adds a couple things to this and then he tries it and <laughs> vomits it all up he snorts it and vomits he attempts to do it one final time and now it just looks like that piss orange yellow that we're familiar with for the entirety of the show. He sprays his eyes, they glow yellow. He waddles a bit like he's in a hallucination, and then I guess it assumes to work. So then, so we're in Arkham City now, and uh, Dr. Crane is so proud of Jason. Well done, my boy. Take that chemistry set, get yourself an RV. And you can have your very own television show. Breaking Bad references. Your formula was off. Not that far off. Far enough for you to have skin in the game. How does that feel? To be fearless. Crane proposes the best way to test it is with the most fearsome enemy. Cut to three days later. <laughs> I'm the Joker. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Holy shit, I fucking got you. We go back to the scene of the crime from episode one of season three. We go back to the scene of the crime from episode one. Bruce is flying back, but this time we now know it's a business call from London. Jason, I found the Joker. I found him. We know where he is. Bruce, I found him. I got him down on the streets. Stand down. I'm not afraid of him. He then takes his anti-fear gas spray, gets the costume. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. It's not about whether you're afraid or not. When are we going to get another chance to nail him like this? No. Okay, I got it. Loud and clear, boss. He takes the spray. Fuck the Joker! Again, that iconic line now. Fuck the Joker. He breaks into the amusement mile again. Jump scare clown. Then the Joker beats the shit out of him. We went through all this again. You know, the, the, the crappy security guard with the Joker mask. Maybe we'll get a whole origin story about that moment. Cut to Arkham. Joker has killed Robin. Crane is on the floor smiling. You don't believe it, Joker's dead. Get on the floor, asshole. So then a body bag is sent to the morgue. 
a guy in a baseball hat takes the body back down a hallway. He sees the dead body of Jason and goes into a Lazarus pit that looks like a really crappy lava lamp with really poor CGI. But hey, let's just assume it's it's real and part of the story. You know, it's goop. Uh, he wakes up in this goop and is panicked. Ah! I think the guy in the baseball cap dies, if I remember correctly, based on the origin story, because the morgue loses security camera. Anyway, uh, he wakes up and is now in Arkham. Most likely naked, but who knows? You're only going to see his uh, six-pack upwards because sex appeal sells. Uh, he is thinking he's in Bruce's house, but instead it's Arkham. Bruce! Bruce! A Joker! Uh, he's mostly dead. Jonathan Crane then says, You're in the only place in Arkham where a fella can get a modicum of privacy. Crane explains he was dead, and he brought him back to life. And then all of a sudden, the most crappy, trashy, annoying, most stereotypical, like, song that is used for stoners to play that I'm high on drugs and we're in the 70s. It's the one song I honestly know it's a bop. I know it's a hit. But it drives me up the wall when it's played because it's just been used so often that it's just boring to me i'm of course talking about in the gata davida by iron butterfly or if you're on the simpsons in the garden of eden and jonathan crane then grabs his vinyl record and starts playing this song yep this song i just keep i guess i'll just keep reading this crappy okay so the song's playing playing on the front record he dances and laughs because he's high on weed oh i'm on weed and i'm dancing <laughs> Woo-hoo, i'm dancing <laughs> you're welcome you really have to thank razal ghoul he left a tiny puddle of mysticism that even your friend Bruce Wayne didn't know about. Jason Todd then goes, I was dead? Yeah, 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 you're dead, but now it's time to get over that because we have so much work to do. Crandon points out, we conquered man's greatest fear, death. He gives Jason the piss spray again and points out, you think I'll bring you back to life to kill you? Come on. It'll make you feel better. Trust your doctor. So then a possibly naked Jason Todd inhales this goop that I'm guessing is supposed to be a new come to weed, but they can't actually show weed. It has a drug bender. He's, and all man's psychedelic visions are now showing up, and Crane then starts toking it up again with this song playing again. And starts dancing. Yeah, and you come with me. You <laughs> take my hand. Woo. I really, it really goes on for like three and a half minutes. I'm honestly thinking this is trying to be something that's like Joker. Remember how in the Joker when they play that song and he's dancing down the steps in a rock and roll part two, and they're just like, hey, and he's just dancing. I think they're really trying to make this moment the the Joker dance moment of Titans. 
just with a guy smoking weed in a psychedelic bender where Jason Todd's just, I guess, daydreaming or something. It's a really campy, cheesy, and shitty a part of... It really feels out of place, to be honest. I'm not paying royalties for this fucking song either, so if they come after me, I'm just going to take down the whole fucking podcast. Hey, let's move on! There. So where was I? Okay, so uh, it's modern day. Modern day. Crane's talking to Jason Todd. We're going to give this city what it really needs with no hesitation, no guilt, and no fear. A new mask, a new name, and a new you. We'll punish all of them for what this city has done to us, and then you'll be their symbol. Gotham doesn't understand justice. It only understands terror. You'll be their mirror now. Stand tall, Red Hood. Show them what they are. Anyway, in this whole process, you see Jason Todd get dressed up. So he's in his real Red Hood costume to zip up the jacket, uh, put the guns in the gun holsters, pants, belts, putting on a helmet. This is the first real full body shot of Red Hood when it came to Titans. So I assume at this part, if this was like airing in a movie theater somewhere would be the part where the every nerd in the audience is supposed to go yeah woo yeah woo yeah that's the night yeah red hood woo yeah because that's the action shot anyway cut to nightlife nightlife in gotham pew 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 burst uh, Red Hood's chasing after Hawkins, that guy who scared Jason and Molly in that flashback. Remember that? It seemed like just long ago we were having a guy put a gun to Jason's mouth, pistol whip him, and call him a little bitch. Hey, Hawkins, where's Diego? Pew, pew, ha, 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 Please, because <laughs> Hawkins is now running for his life scared. <laughs> please, please. I know someone who can make you smile. And then Red Hood throws a gun right to Hawkins. Go on. Show me something, cowboy. Which is the callback, because he said that in the scene. I didn't bring it up because I didn't think this would be a callback, uh, but... There's a gun in a fight. It's show me something cowboy was said by Hawkins, and now it's said by Red Hood. He grabs the gun, so all you have to do is shoot me, and now you'll be free. Pew, pew. He shoots the gun. Uh, spark effects happen. Nothing works. Pew, pew. Another solo of Red Hood laughing. Ha, ha, ha. You have to try harder. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. It doesn't work. In his panic... Red Hood then drops down from the rafters and then beats the shit out of him. Kick, kick in the chest, kick in the chest. Please, please don't kill me. Kick, kick again, kick again. Just like before. For basically, like like poetry, it rhymes. And then we get our Batman 89 reference. I want you to tell your friends about me. Okay. Okay, okay. Who are you? You get that close-up shot of Red Hood with the gun in his mouth, and you're expecting him to say, oh, I'm Batman, or I'm Red Hood. Sorry. He just shoots him right in the face, head blows up, he kills him. I'll just tell them myself. It was just a great satire, great Easter egg, a great callback to Batman 89, and a great scene to kind of 
reflect that this is not Batman. I'm not trying to be Batman. It looks like Batman, but Batman would let the guy go. I'm just going to fucking kill him. And that's what happens with Jason Todd. Anyway, we do a fade scene. Now Molly is in bed, waking up. Suddenly, door opens. Diego is there. Red Hood found him. Red Hood found Diego. Diego is taken is taken is now to Molly. Don't be scared. She's one of the good ones. Molly then hugs Diego. I'm glad you're safe. I would never hurt you, Molly. J- Jason? Not really. Not anymore. Look, I know this is fucking weird, so I won't be here long. I just wanted to tell you that everything is going to be all right. Look, I know this city owes us a lot, and now I'm going to collect the bill. Jason, I don't know what you're doing, but you need help. You're still trying to save me. Oh, sorry. You're still trying to save me. Always. It's going to get worse before it gets better, okay? Jason, wait. You should get a better lock. Jason! Jason! (laughs) Molly's crying with Diego. Red Hood's leaving. And then we cut to credits as a new kind of kick by the cramps plays. And we end with our end credits. That's how this scene ends. So our main B plot of finding out where Diego is has been answered. Of course he had it. He got him back and gives it back to Molly. Molly is then happy he found Die- she found Diego, but at the same time sad in losing Jason in the process because she just wants Jason to get help, and Jason will never get help, which has been the main part because Bruce simultaneously wants Jason to get help, and Jason doesn't get help. And if you recall back correctly, Dick Grayson wanted Jason to be in the Titans because he needed help. So he's been pushed back everybody who's given him help in the process. Because Jason Todd is impulsive, he doesn't need anybody. He's his own leading man. What will that lead to when we lead up to the Jonathan Craig uh, Red Hood battle? We'll find out soon. But uh, that's it. That is how Titans the Red Hood episode ends. And honestly, I kind of dig it. Yes, some of the action was hammy, but... Between that Batman 89 Easter egg, this Jason Todd origin story, and yes, a lot of that shitty 16, 17-year-old edgelord saying, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, fuck, just because they can get away with saying fuck, uh, it, it's still kind of just sloppy in its writing, but in the way it presents its story arc is borderline perfection when it comes to a singular episode, especially one on a character they never really glanced at in the first three seasons of this show, which is Jason Todd and Red Hood. Um, this was honestly a great, uh, like, introducing Red Hood, and it honestly will make the next half of the season, whenever we get to it, much more difficult in that clash between Dick Grayson and Red Hood than I'm really glad we're going to see. So this was an honest-to-goodness good episode of Titans. Uh, I still like Doom Patrol more, but this is still one of the best. Ep- this is a sh- this is an episode you can show friends who have never seen Titans before, and they'll be okay with it. Uh, they'll get a better understanding than say the pilot. Um, 
This is also not the worst episode. This is actually this one redeemed the really crappy one from last episode. Uh, so that is something you can watch on HBO Max now. Honestly, I think we're 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 really behind on time. I wanted this to be an hour long podcast, and I think we're over an hour now. That's that sucks. Because uh, I know I, I got feedback from uh, Jack, and Jack is really pissed uh, that we don't really spend much time talking about the HBO series besides the the Titan show. And I I wanted I wanted to fix that, um, but I I ran out of time. We're running out of time. I'm sorry, Jack. So I'm gonna try my best to quickly uh, say that Demolition Man is on HBO Max. Uh, Demolition Man is one of my favorite movies of all time because of how campy and weird it is with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, so if you have HBO Max, please watch Demolition Man. You will love it. It's a really silly action movie. It's in Los Angeles in the future, and that future is like 2005. Uh, the And it's like San Angel Frangelis. He gets frozen in time. And then it's a new kind of city. There's three seashells. Uh, I, I, I mean, like, we, I could go through the entire story of Demolition Man, but it's more like iconic scenes. Like, the fanciest restaurant is a Taco Bell, and it won the franchise wars. Uh, there's the best station on t- on there is TV is jingles for commercials because they've become so accustomed to jingles and promotions and commercials. Uh, everything is a bleep that's worth a fine now because censorship's always funny. You can always make a joke about censorship. Uh, and Jesse Ventura has a cameo. Uh, Dennis Leary has a cameo. Like, there's a lot of great cameos in this movie. Uh, Phoenix is one of the best villains out there. And I also enjoy that. Um, Wesley Snipes. You have to check him out. His greatest performance um yeah blade no it's in demolition man i love demolition man uh so besides all those i I can like great moments of demolition man uh the floating car and the uh, main police station's exterior shot is the baxter building which is right across the street from my high school where i went to school uh so i always think that's always funny to see that nod to something that's really close by uh in addition to that in addition to all of these things i've been bringing up uh, I think the story about virtual reality set, like all of these questions about the future are played comedically, but also raise awareness about uh, not just police work, but also uh, what society can do. What is perfect is different from people. And I love that. It is, a sh- it is not like, it's not as good to say like Blade Runner when it comes to really going into the political aspects but it does a good job of just blowing shit up, having Sylvester Stallone beat some shit at people, and have a few laughs along the way. Uh, it is a real campy movie. I I would put it on par with The Running Man with Schwarzenegger. Just an overall delightful movie, and it's on HBO Max right this very second. So if you're listening to this and it's like three months later and it's not there, sorry. Uh, this is like August. You should August 2021. It's there now. Won't be probably forever, but go for it. Check it out. It's fun. One of my favorite movies. Watching that movie, you can very understand why I love a lot of really 
dumb bullshit. <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it here for Jordan Talks Titans. Next week is episode six. I don't know if we're at the halfway point or not. I honestly am scared that next week's episode is going to be shit after such a great episode like this. Because uh, we've taken a break from Nightwing. We've taken a break from Starfire and Beast Boy and Superboy. That this was just a breath of fresh air, and now I'm scared to go back. But, I mean, we're we're almost done. To me, we're almost done. This is almost the end. And I, I hope you take this journey with me as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Uh, as we always say here, fuck the Joker. Life is short. Filled with stuff. Don't know what for.